This is a podcast from Rover. Jay and Dunk, The Rock Drive. G'day champions, happy Thursday. It's good to be back in a big old show this afternoon. We're going to be climbing in to the best sleeping tips you've ever had in your whole goddamn life because we chatted to an expert from Germany for an hour so you didn't have to. She's actually a great chat. She's an amazing chat. High fizz for high viz. Uh, the results of yesterday's Instagram poll and next... Ah, uh, well, you think you've had a bad day at work? You wouldn't even be holding a candle to this next fella. Yeah, not only is his work extremely dangerous, it turned out to be extremely, extremely painful. Uh, and then he didn't get relief for 35 minutes. It's just a wild yarn. And it's going to make a great Smoko Chat, which is next. Smoko Chat. Okay, buckle up. And we've said this a few times over the last couple of weeks, mm. but this is a beauty. And first of all, I would like to thank uh, the one and only Adrian Maynard who sent this through to our Facebook page. And uh, he got sent this one while he's living in the States. Yeah, just to give you a little bit of context, the bloke Rob that we're about to talk about is a commercial saturation diver, sat diver for global divers of Louisiana. He performed underwater repairs on offshore drilling rigs, uh, and this is an email that he sent to his sister. Bearing in mind, sat divers make a truckload of coin, but they live in basically a dive bell for most of their life. That's why they get paid so much. Hi, Sue. Just another note from your bottom-dwelling brother. Last week, I had a bad day at the office. I know you've been feeling down lately at work, so I thought I would share my dilemma with you to make you realise, you know what, it's not so bad after all. Before I can tell you what happened to me, I first must bore you with a few technicalities of my job. As you know, my office lies at the bottom of the ocean. I wear a suit to the office. It's a wetsuit. This time of year, the water is quite cool. So what we do to keep warm is this. We have a diesel-powered industrial water heater. This $20,000 piece of equipment sucks the water out of the sea. It heats it to a delightful temperature. It then pumps it down to the diver through a garden hose, which is taped to their air hose. Now, this sounds like a good plan, and I've used it several times with no complaints. What I do when I get to the bottom and start working is I take the hose and the stuff... I take the hose and I stuff it down the back of my wetsuit. This floods my whole suit with warm water. It's like working in a jacuzzi. Absolutely delightful. Everything was going well until all of a sudden my butt started to itch. So, of course, I pulled the hose out from my back, but the damage was already done. In agony, I realised what had happened. The hot water machine had sucked up a jellyfish. <laughs> it had pumped it into my suit, and now since I don't have any hair on my back, the jellyfish couldn't stick to it. However, the crack of my ass was not so fortunate. When I scratched what I thought was an itch, it was actually grinding the jellyfish into my ass crack. Oh. I informed the dive supervisor of my dilemma over the communicator. His instructions were <laughs> unclear due to the fact that he, along with five other divers, were all laughing hysterically. Needless to say, I aborted the dive. I was instructed to make three agonizing in-water decompression stops totaling 35 minutes before I could reach the surface to begin my chamber dry decompression. When I arrived at the surface, I was wearing nothing but my brass helmet. As I climbed out of the water, the medic, with tears of laughter running down his face, handed me a a tube of cream and told me to rub it on my butt as I got in the chamber. The cream would put the fire out, but I couldn't poop for the next two days because my asshole was swollen shut. So yeah, next time you're having a bad day at work, think about how much worse it would be if you had a jellyfish shoved up your ass. Now repeat to yourself, I love my job, I love my job, I love my job. Oh, 
that is a ripper. That is absolutely brutal, isn't it? Well, but, if it's not tough enough as it is, I know another person who used to set dive on um, on rigs and would often get belted by Goliath freaking um, groper because they come whistling into these lights on the welders and they oh. just bang into them. It's like getting hit by a bus repeatedly underwater. And did I hear you say right? They like if you're doing deep sea diving, you legit wear one of those like 1910 dive helmets. Yeah, big brassy. <laughs> what? How have they not got no, some gear by now? Probably a little bit, a little bit flash these days. But yeah, the the general consensus is not, it's not like this one. Run the it's not like the one in your out. fish tank that keeps bubbling up. And, Oh, jeez. So they got a little bit better. Yeah, they're a, little, a lot flasher, but uh, amazing bits of kit. Yeah, okay. This is Jay and Dunk's podcast, and it's bloody good. Yesterday on the radio show, we were chatting about worst-case scenario after a A380 that Emirates had was flying from Dubai to Brizzy on takeoff. One of the tyres blew, and the um, remaining bits of the tyre flew through the side of the plane. They couldn't really tell what was up from inside the plane, so they're like, Eh, let's kick on 14 hours straight through to Brizzy, land the thing with a whopping great hole in the side of it. It could be one of those things that just is cool for, you know, 13 and a half of the 14-hour flight and then in the last half hour just absolutely kills everybody on that plane. I mean, you know, obviously not a... Um, you know, we're not Civil Aviation Authority. Nah, and I don't really know the planes too much, but maybe it must have hit mm. some sort of dead space and. Because if there's your luggage, it would have, surely the luggage would have been like frozen solid. <laughs> It'd be like, it'd leave, make the noise. You know how uh, my father-in-law took the roof box off on the roof racks on our uh, on our car? That's always fun. So it goes, when you drive now, it whistles because there's a massive chunk out of the uh, the rails that go through the roof that hold it on. So maybe it was whistling his way to, to Brizzy. So lots of texts came in, this one here. Uh, I was flying to Afghanistan with the New Zealand Air Force back in 2011. We took off from Dubai and someone realised the panel was loose. We landed back in Dubai. The mechanics taped it up with some 100 mile an hour tape. Yes, duct tape. And we were on our way once again. Three hours in, one of the boys jumped up in a stretcher to have a nap and realised some overhead cables were sparking. (laughs) We had to again turn around and fix the problem. You guessed it. With 100 mile an hour tape. Thanks. Uh, amazing tape. Should get my hands on some of that. Oh, yeah. Sounds pretty handy if you Military trust grade, it. though. Military yeah. grade. You won't get your hands on that in civilian shops. Yeah, man. I'll just go on the dark web. Uh, Bruffy has messaged us and he said, We had a bunch of Russian loggers staying at a pub on in Ross on the West Coast. They had a big Russian helicopter to pick up the logs. I went for a ride in it the next day. I went for a ride in it. The next day, it crashed and killed all five of them. Wow. I don't know how long ago was that. I don't remember reading that. And then one final one here, which is very funny. Thanks, Chris, for your text. I was working in Fiji in 2011 during a cyclone. All domestic flights on big jets were cancelled. Thought I was going to get the day off. Chahoo! Until an eight-seater beast came up the runway, and I got the boarding call. Rain dripping out of the roof while we were taxiing, so it's leaking. The water poured out of the instrument panel above the pilot when he hit the gas. (laughs) It took off and flew sideways instantly. <laughs> the kicker is, the pilot was saying, it's a 20-minute flight. Don't worry, I'll get us there in 15. Obviously, it, you know, we made it, and I guarantee you several people in those seats shat themselves that day. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a pilot that's used to flying that every single day, just walk in the park. Mate, I've, I've flown them worse. Don't worry about that. I've flown them worse. 
Hey, yeah, you just bloody pull a one lever a bit harder than what you normally do. It's that easy, guys. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Just just feather the wingtips, you know. That's it. It's coming a bit sideways and hook it around in the end. I've seen YouTube. As Mahatma Gandhi famously said, Jay and Dunk is for the boys. I didn't even know this was a thing. You were aware of this, right? Yeah. This is in a place called Curry Curry, which is, and I know about this because um, uh, one of my mates who was based in Noosa uh, took the trip down. It's just in from Newcastle. So a great place, great, uh, great home of mulleted individuals. And and it's like become uh, a massive part of the annual calendar for this area. People travel from all over Australia. It's kind of like the Ute Muster. You know, Australians just yeah. get into stuff and they just get right around and get do it better. This is uh, part of the interview that uh, one of the blokes that is – Holds the uh, the first place in one of the categories um, was Chenda Sunrise. Australia's famous, uh, famous mullet fest is celebrating Christmas in July, of course, and for the entire month it's running its first ever online only to give everyone a shot at this year's finals in December. And for more, we're joined by long-time mullet fest participant Liam Arnold, who currently holds the title of Best Everyday Mullet. There's a few ranges apparently. Hey, Liam, good morning to you. Uh, tell us a bit more about Mullet Fest Christmas in July. Morning, How can guys. people get involved? All right, guys, you can just jump on the Mullet Fest website, Facebook page, sign up for it. It's all a bit of a laugh, good time, all for a good cause with the Mark Hughes Foundation and helping out plenty of good people. So mulletfest.com.au if you want to register. I'm saying let's hijack it. I've seen some great mullets. Um, and there's some good ones on their Instagram as well. You better click through that off the Facebook page, uh, Mullet Fest. Hey, we've got some spectacular high-profile sporting mullets as well. Like even um, Papali from... Oh, glorious. <laughs> yeah. From the Queensland State of Origin side. Yeah, there's, uh, obviously, we're a little close to home, uh, Rico Iwani. He's got a great one. Mm-hmm. Uh, was, was everyone as devastated as me when Jack Goodhue cut his off? It's like he mm. lost. It was like Superman without his cape. Yeah. Then he got injured. I don't, I don't want to say it's because he chopped the power off the back of his neck. But but if I was probably him, he got named back in the All Blacks again. But oh man, I'd be growing that thing back quick, smart. Um. So I can chuck some entries in. Let us know how you get on with the the old mullet fest. I'm still waiting for the day when a haircut will come back in fashion that doesn't require you to have he- a hair on the top of your head. It's probably not a haircut then, is it? Oh, well, you, you still cut the stuff at the back. <laughs> like, it would be really good, you know, how mullet's back in it if it was just a straight mud flap to grow out from the bottom part of your head. I'll be good then. You know, this uh, was very, very popular uh, throughout Russia, and it was popular probably in, in rural New Zealand in and around the 90s, hmm. and that was the piss fringe. Uh, which oh. is basically, a, it's almost like a Joan Loma haircut. Yeah, that was mean. I'd yeah. be, I don't know if I'd have enough of that either. No, nah, but you could do the reverse of that. You could just run. Rat's tail, you blue! Yeah. <laughs> Good call. I'll talk to the missus about Scats, it tonight. Scat's tail. The Jay and Dunk Podcast. Basically, all of Christchurch, the 24,000 submissions, I think it was, or maybe 30,000, uh, chucked through for the stadium down there. The overwhelming response from the public was get on with it, push on with it. We want the stadium, even if it is going to cost three quarters of a billion dollars in the end. 683, that's what they say now, but they haven't started yet. And it could blow out again. Who cares, man? It'll be around for ages. It's not going to fall down. Have you seen the state of Lords? <laughs> yeah, Lords is on the pass. And that's a premier ground. We can absolutely have the same thing um, in Canterbury. I reckon there's... How yeah. much would it have been good if they did the Waterfront Stadium in Auckland? You regret that. It would have been sick. Yeah, that that definitely should have happened. I think it definitely should still happen. 
Everyone pays rates for a reason. You might as well say, man, what do you want? Uh, nice looking wheelie bin at the end of your driver, uh, driveway every, every week, or you want international bands to come and play for you and the greatest sports teams of all time to put on a showcase. I reckon they probably want to sort out the sewerage uh, plant problem. They're make, doing that? Yeah. They're doing that. Some poor jokers in a gas mask working 24 hours a day digging that steaming pile of <laughs> poo out of the ponds oh, there. That is, that is a rough job. That reeks, man. That is so stink. Yeah, it'd be good to see somebody actually, because um, Christchurch is doing a great job at actually becoming a futuristic place. You know, like they've got some great developments happening, uh, heaps of cool stuff happening in the city. And then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, sorry, guys, it's going to cost twice as much. How do you undercut it by frigging half the Let's price? Let's not get there again. I'm saying, who cares? Get on with it. And that's what everyone else is saying. Mm. Stop going against the grain, mate. I'm privately funded. Them. There's enough rich people in Christchurch. Yeah, in one suburb there is, yeah. yeah. Exactly. They could all just chip in maybe a million bucks each. Go knock, door knocking in Finn Dalton. <laughs> Finn Dalton and Mary Vale. Yeah, see if you can get, get, rattle the can through there. You might pay for the whole thing. It's getting dunk under rock. If I could just usher you over here. There are some crook humans on this planet. It's just how it is. If you look at a bell curve, all of us sit in that normal bit in the middle and there's just some sickos on either end and they do some weird things and then sometimes they go to this Facebook page called Fesshole and they mm. send them a message being like, yo, I did this. Can I get, off, get it off my chest with you guys? And they say, for the small price of blurring your name and putting it on the internet, absolutely, you're freed of your sins. So here we go. When I have a date with a new fella, I suggest getting steak and I order it well done just to see if he tries to tell me not to. If he does, I never see him again. That's good. It's been a good asshole filter for years and I regret nothing. Imagine how many <laughs> terrible steaks she's had to chew her way through just to prove a point. She probably Chick- likes it like that. And then also as well, she'd probably create, uh, take great joy in trying to get him to pay for it too if she realised she was never oh. going to do anything with them. Yeah, it's niggly. Uh, when I was little, I made a wish to be a Labrador puppy. After noticing blonde hairs on my arms, I thought it was coming true, and I <laughs> cried myself to sleep for several nights, thinking about how cross my mum and dad would be that I made this dream. <laughs> this is good. I used, to, I used to own my own business, and during consultation with customers, I used to ask them if they like football. I would ask which team they followed, and if the reply was Manchester United, I'd joke and say that the price had gone up 10%. <laughs> we would all laugh, but then I'd actually charge them an extra 10%. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. And finally, uh, I've developed a habit of visiting the Twitter pages of porn stars, not because I want to watch porn, but so I can stalk the profiles of the weird old men who reply to every tweet. It's fascinating and awful watching 58-year-old men um, like Dave from Barnsley trying to pull some 22-year-old porn worker. (laughs) Oh, why would you bother going on? It would just be such a punish. The user experience of those chicks and dudes. Is it sixty percent of sixty percent of all social media accounts are bots anyway? Yeah. So when you, you put up a you put up a nice picture and it's eggplant splash splash peach, you know it's just some weird bot. 
2022, man, it's pretty epic. Do you know, let's focus on something that actually is epic. They were great confessions, by the way. Nice work. Not that you did any of nah, them. No, it makes me want to think of something that I've actually done. Put it up there. The Jay and Dunk Podcast. Last weekend saw the return of the mighty DB Bitter Warriors to Mount Smart Stadium. And uh, a great piece put together by The Crowd Goes Wild, uh, New Zealand's premier sporting show on TV. Jeez, it made me smile and almost cry at the same time. There's no words, guys. <laughs> Welcome home, mate. <laughs> you too, mate. Love you, Dave. How are we feeling? Bloody awesome. Ready to go. There is no place like home. Finally, the Warriors have come back to Mount Smart Stadium. Ooh, yeah. Yes, welcome to Mount Smart Stadium. This is the Warriors' homecoming, about to meet the Tigers. Rugby League, the NRL is back. TC Harris. But how good for the captain himself to score their first try on Mount Smart in the homecoming game. What is that guy doing? Well, that's a shoey. Johnson, Watanese Lesniak, offers! And they are dancing. The crowd, they're up. How'd that feel? Oh, bro, that was mean. Um, that atmosphere running out, bro, it was, um, it was a different feeling, bro. I've never felt something like that before, so. That was pretty surreal. First thing to be back home, and then to get the result was icing on the cake, so I'm pretty pleased with how the boys turned up and um, how good's this crowd. We did it, guys. We did it. What a day. Ah, oh, it was just so good. Bye week this week for the boys. Uh, a lot yeah. of them that haven't been home for quite some time are, are checking that their stuff's still in lockups, uh, paying the storage <laughs> fee. <laughs> that they, they, They've got outstanding um, seeing loved ones and family members. I was at the game. It was amazing. They stuck around for a couple of hours afterwards, signing autographs, taking photos, thanking everybody for coming out. And what a feeling. What a vibe. What a day. Back on the bandwagon, are you? From day one. Day one, boy. 13 plus. It's got me all hyped up for the bye week, actually. This is Jay and Dunk's podcast, and it's bloody good. There is a bloke that was in um, the UK. He he was actually an Australian bloke, but he was a citizen of England. And um, he was living in one of the um, state housing houses. Yep. And he'd had an insurance that his flat, when he cruises back to Australia, would be kept free. Um, and he had some bloke over to tie up the loose ends before he left. And then he gets a phone call saying, hey, look, we're just going to pop you out of that flat. So can you move your stuff out of it? And we'll put you in a new one when you come back. So he's like, oh, annoying, but yeah, sweet. So he takes his stuff out of there. And then the person working for the housing department of the government decided that because he knew how long he was going to be away, he decided to put some people in that room and rent it out <laughs> yes. and then collect the cash himself. Yeah, she was as a sub-sublet. Yeah, and uh, obviously there's a few people going through court right now because of this, <laughs> um, and there's three people, I think, on the tenancy that knew that they were in um, illegal tenants but decided to do it anyway, and there's also £16,000, uh, sorry, £8,000 worth of utility bills that have been racked up under his name because technically it was still in his name. Wow. What a cheeky move by the prick, eh? Well, I mean, that's... 
We say that, but then whenever you go to the UK, and I think that there is generations of us Kiwis that have that have travelled to the UK. Mm. I know that my parents did it. I know that my sister did it. I know that I did it when I went to the UK. Is that you turn up and you go and stay and hang on? Have you had an OE? Well, kind of time from you know I had space in between gigs. So I'd go and stay. Two week holiday, come back with the accent. And, uh, stay. Do the accent again. You're always trying to turn it off when you're on the radio. Oh, it'll be fun stay. Um, no, we would go over. Uh, we'd go over. I'd stay with my sister because she was living in London. <laughs> and in between, if there was going to be gaps between a music awards show that was happening in London and some other work that was happening in Europe, I'd just stay on the month in between. Mm. Um, and so I'd stay over there with my sister. And it was exactly the same. She would be in a two-bedroom flat and and she'd have 37 people staying in it. That's just how we operate. Yeah, that's sort of what we're doing wrong here in New Zealand. Um, Caleb, our tech producer of Wondle 3 announced has just come in. Your auntie had an issue with someone living in her house. Yeah, but it's a bit different. The guy just turned up. And so... <laughs> How did, what do you mean turned up as so, in like he, she knew, knew him? No, no idea. They, so my auntie, long story short, my auntie used to live in Wellington and she had to sleep out at the back in um, Porirua. And um, anyway, the, she, she found the sleep out in a mess one day uh, in the morning and she was like, what's, what's, what's the hell what's going on here? And then every so often she would go back and it would be every other day the same sort of stuff would happen. It would be in a mess after she'd tidied it, and then there'd be a packet of darts left over, or there'd be an energy drink or whatever. And she'd be, some guy is actually staying in here. And what she'd figured out is that the dude that was staying in there, um, or female, they still don't know who it is, um, found out what her schedule was by sort of following her round mm. enough that he just had managed, he or she had managed to re- work it in reverse so that every time she left, <laughs> He would co- he they would come out. in and um, just cause a ruckus in the sleep out. Stole her lawnmower, <laughs> uh, broken lawnmower, so she wasn't too worried Jokes about that. Jokes on him mm. or her. But, yeah, and then I was talking to a guy at the gym. Same thing happened in Auckland. What? They just they just found out um, the schedule of his mate, and then as soon as they'd leave, this guy would come in. They found who it was, thankfully, and sort of, you know, settled it. Yeah, old they've, they've got a thing over in the UK which is called the squatter's rights. So if you are... If you find a place, say for example, you find a house in the countryside, it could be a fairly dilapidated house, but you move into that house. If you're there for 10 years and the person who owns that house doesn't kick you out, you can then claim it as yours. That's good. Yeah, there's even there's even people. That's how you get on the property ladder. Yeah, there's people that have been <laughs> there's people like landmark cases where people have been squatters and like parks. And you know, in the UK, that have just been in the same spot for ten years, and they can prove they've been in the same spot for ten years, and then they <laughs> eventually get a bit of the park. Carve <laughs> off a slice. Yeah, that's just, incredible. Well, that's why you've got it. If you don't move people on, then you you know, then they can just say, "Hey, it's mine." Um, is this a thing? It feels like like you with two examples of yeah. people just um, living in someone else's house, but just living the reverse life. There's a great guy, for a cracky. Yeah, there's a. <laughs> Well, they love being up all night. <laughs> a couple of speed skaters. Yeah. There was, um, you know how people have swing moorings on yachts? Mm. Some of those don't get visited for like 30 plus years. <laughs> Smack the lock off those things. You just got living aboard a boat. Jeez, imagine how bad those things would stink. Oh, yeah. Um, windows haven't been opened up. Covered in bird shit. Thanks, mate. The Jay and Dunk Podcast. Elon Musk has made a stack of money. Billions. He's the richest man in the world. Is he richer than Jeff Bezos now? Yeah, he smoked him. He sent him a. He even tweeted him a uh, silver medal. 
Oh, that's too good. <laughs> he's um, he's a double down sort of a bloke. Have a listen to how, and you know, everyone starts from somewhere, and he didn't start from a lot, and it's an incredible yarn. I came to North America when I was seventeen, just by myself, and I had like a, like a, a few thousand dollars, and I worked in various like odd jobs and stuff. I worked on my on my mom's cousin's farm, worked in a lumber mill, uh, chainsawed logs, various odd jobs, and uh, and then went to college in, in Canada for a couple of years. I graduated with uh, about $100,000 in student debt. I was going to do grad studies at, at Stanford and decided to put that on hold uh, to try start, starting an internet company. But I ended up writing the first uh, maps and directions on the internet. I wrote it personally. That, that, that company ended up getting bought by, by Compaq for about $300 million. I owned 7% of the company, so I got like $20 million from that. Put most of it into X.com, which merged with Confinity to create PayPal. And then I got about $180 million from that. And I put all of that into SpaceX, Tesla, and, and SolarCity. Uh, I just basically kept, you know, kept all the chips on the table. And just like, let's play another round. That's impressive, eh? That's just a rapid acceleration as yeah. far as wealth goes. It's amazing how much money can be made when you have money as well. Like if you were to, if you were to say... I'd love to see it as a social experiment, and this is probably something that only a bank could do. Just give a million dollars to 10 people and just go, we're going to check back in with you in a year. And then that basically they just go away and see what they do with that million bucks, how, like they, how they turn it into something else. Somebody would end up just torching the whole lot. I uh, reckon seven out of 10 would. Yeah. Very, I'd, probably even go, I'd probably go nine out of 10. Would come back with less money than they left. Because there's a very small number of people that know how to make money, regardless of whether you've got it or not. That's depressing. Um, yeah, I'm like, definitely not. I would be one of the nine. Uh, if, if, like, <laughs> right, same. Right now, you'd be like, yeah, I'm going to be smart and put it in shares. But we were reading a set out the show a couple of days ago that all the richest people in the world who have shares in many companies have lost trillions of dollars. Mm. It's the, yeah, what do, you do, what do you do if you were... This would probably be the, one of the worst times to win lotto. <laughs> yeah, uh-oh. <laughs> Term deposit. How exciting. <laughs> I'm getting 0.1% return on this. Yippee! 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 Copper. Take me money, would you? Tickets still available for Liam Gallagher. $107.43 if you want to head along to that next Thursday. Thursday after next. Uh, this is a digital age that everyone is moving into, whether you're in the agricultural industry, whether you're in broadcasting like ourselves, or even in the trades. Uh, it is slowly getting taken over by all of these digitised versions of what we've currently been doing in an analogue fashion. By that, I mean, how many people... You've got a tape measure? You got a tape measure? I've got three. Four. Always need a tape measure. Always need a tape measure, just so that you can cut your fingers on the outside of it and uh, your kids can cut their mouths when they just let it whistle through their mouths from measuring how fast <laughs> their thing can go. Anyway, this is by a company called Recon, and the Recon M1 basically can measure... Any flat surface. So if you were to imagine you've got your table saw uh, and you've got lengths of timber that you're running through this thing, or uh, you could even be doing steel with this, or you could be doing um, guttering or whatever it is you're wanting to cut to length, there is a wheel on it which sits there and it just runs and measures it as you get through. So as it gets to the cutting surface or gets to the cutting line, whatever it says on the M1 Recon is where it's at. You can measure it in inches or in centimetres depending on what you operate in. Obviously, this is a global piece of, piece of kit and it is very, very slick indeed. Digital accuracy, uh, any flat material, like I said, it mitres, bevels, works and angles. It has all of that. Super quick to set up, less measuring, more cuttering. Just clamp, slide, 
and cut. Oh, so I've just figured out how it works. So when you're loading the piece of wood uh, along the, your um, drop saw stand, you slide it along it, and it's got a roller that sits yeah. and counts the piece of wood, and then it tells you how long it is by the time it gets to it. How much would you pay for all of this, Duncan Hyde? Oh, yeah, no, I probably, I mean, I'm big on my power tools. I'd be willing to spend a couple of hunge on it. Yeah, $150 for this bit of cat. If you're right. a person, if you're a person that is working in the building industry, that is going through links and links and links, measuring twice, cutting once, all that sort of palaver, Jesus thing would pay itself off in no time. If you're a person that's doing decking in particular, oh mate, any chippy. This is just a good little handy bit of kit. Whether you're a weekend battler that makes more job for real builders to fix, or an actual builder, this is a great bit of kit. Do you know I was pitching to Dixie, my wife? Uh, the other day, I was like, I think I need to get a penny. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what a penny is. It's a builder's belt, but a good size one. Because remember I had the small one? And my you got mate, the kids one. You, my you mate the, laughed at me. It I looks like a loincloth. <laughs> <laughs> looks like a sporran that a Scotsman would wear. And they're, they're punchy, a good, a good penny. Yeah. And anyway, so I was saying to Dixie, I was like, I think I'm going to get one. I'm just going, you know, this is a lifetime purchase. You don't get a good one, it'll last. And she just replied saying, that's hot. And I was like, great. Yeah. There's a sign off. Some will be wearing that with no clothes at some point. <laughs> oh, what have I got here with a hammer normally, guys? <laughs> Hang on. Okay. This is Sexy Stan, listen to this radio show. This stop talking about this, This Dan. isn't Sally's No More Gaps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a bit of expanding. All right, all right, all right. We get it. We get it, mate. I shouldn't have seen anything. Does just, this measure in millimetres? <laughs> Just try and make the break a little bit more exciting than your friggin' <laughs> your measuring tool. Just, Interesting, though, I'll give you that. Text TAKE, T-A-K-E, to 3520, and we'll bounce you back where you can get it uh, on Amazon. Jeez, you've been hard to wrangle these last few days. I'll tell you that much for nothing. <laughs> just tired and just any sensibility beaten out of me. Yeah. As Mahatma Gandhi famously said, Jay and Dunk is for the girls. Love to have a beer with Duncan. I love to have a beer with Dunk. We drink in moderation And we never, ever, ever get a rolling drunk We drink at the town and country Where the atmosphere is great I love to have a beer with Duncan Cos Duncan's me mate yeah. I don't even know if this is a, this is a thing. I just saw a um, news feed, Amazon Prime Day is a thing, and they have massive deals. I've made their own, like, Black Friday. What? Yeah. What can you grab? Obviously, everything's up for grabs on that. Uh, just around the corner. It's on uh, J- July 12th and Wednesday, July 13th. Um, a fair number of deals will pop up into Twitter. Um, it's been confirmed that savings of up to 60% will be available on uh, Amazon Echo products. It's very hard to get. Is it still hard to get Amazon products sent to New Zealand? I think so. <sighs> In that case, I'm buggered. Why? Well, I'm just going to have to lock up my um, lock out all my credit cards because my wife loves Amazon Echo stuff. We've got we've, You know what we've got in our house at the moment? Every single light bulb in our house you can just turn on and off by talking to it. What do you need that for? Does that mean you're too lazy to lift your arm up to, like, light switch height? Yeah. Yeah. Lying in bed. Off. Turn the lights off. Who's got that many words? I mean, old school, man. I've got a swish beside the bed and it works just fine. Never failed me. Didn't listen to me either. Didn't send my videos to the dark web. (laughs) 
We spying on you, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's some stuff. Don't talk about that on the radio because I like having you as a co-host. <laughs> oh, I love to have a beer with Duck. We drink in moderation. And we never, ever, ever get rolling drunk. We drink at the town and country where the atmosphere is great. I love to have a beer with Duncan because Duncan's me, mate. I love to have a beer with Duncan because Duncan's me, mate. One more. Uh, just one last message, and I promise you one more, off uh, uh, Facebook. So this is, again, on the detentions and just stuff from high school that you remember that we chatting about the other day. Our science teacher was a South African hurdles champ. When we didn't feel like doing any work, we'd just ask him to explain the exact distances between the hurdles and various races, and then he'd try and uh, he'd bang on about it for that long and even try and hold us back after the bell. Because uh, he hadn't finished his uh, story about hurdles, and you'd do no work for the day. Yeah, that was my my kids in my class would get me with that as well. Tell me about your favourite um, Jamie Oliver cookbook and, and your favourite recipe out of it. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, guys, you're into this, eh? Okay, sweet, park up there. I tell you, what, this is a really good one, guys. And they're like, yeah, sweet, that's man, this it is. Hook, line, and sinker. Snows under the sunglasses. Hey, have a good night. We'll be back tomorrow afternoon from three for a massive Friday afternoon show. Paul Martier, Huru. That was the Jay and Dunk podcast for yet another day. Be a part of the team on Facebook or Insta at The Rock Drive.